The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? A-Town Connection right here. You got Young Bloods uh, featuring Daddy Fat Sack. You know what I'm talking about? Outcast. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like this. Check it out. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Crown and Crown Podcast. Uh, we apologize for the week off. You know, Bianca be booked and busy for the money, so you know we have to make arrangements. And then you know sometimes we can't make the arrangements. We take the week off, but you know we be making. It's fine. It's fine. I love us for real. I'm one half of your host, Jeremy, aka Black Dante on Twitter, aka Nigga Mort, aka Vice President Big Knees, aka Raggedy Ass, aka um aka y'all's homophobia be jumping out on the bird, and I want y'all to stop. And Bianca is not here, but I am pleased as punch to be joined by a great friend, um of not only the show, but uh, personally, um, Morocco with this guy for Elvis, his first appearance on the show, uh, which is crazy in itself. But, you know, I'm blessed and very, very thankful that he is here. I'm joined by my man whose whose podcast I go on frequently. Um, if y'all listen to the show, I'll shout out him and his lovely co-host who co-hosts out multiple times. But I'm joined by. My main man, 10 Grand, Rashani from the Single Simulcast podcast. What is up, my boy? Hey, y'all. This is Rashani, a.k.a. Sharon Sherlock, a.k.a. JT, the Panty Snatcher, a.k.a. Damn, I haven't done this in a long time. A.k.a. Darkwing Duck, a.k.a. Darker Lewis, a.k.a. In Negro Montoya. What's good, y'all? It's so good to be here. I appreciate you having me, man. This speaks volumes. I mean, real talk. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Oh, the pleasure is all mine, though. Like, I mean, we've been kicking it like forever. It's just, it's crazy to think that like we've never had you on the show. Like Shantae's been on, but we've. This is the first time you've been on, and it's, I, it's also, it's almost like shame on us. Well, I, I won't even say almost. It's like shame on us for not trying to work out um, a way to do this prior, because it's like you on the West Coast. We well, we use. Both of us, both me and Bianca used to be on the East Coast, but now she's out on the West Coast and stuff. So it's like we should have been able to do this prior to this. But I'm so happy and thankful that you're here. Uh, you, you, you know, I with, with, with all of the things that we got going on, first of all, that East Coast, West Coast difference is a, is kills so many different uh, collaboration goals because um, I'm coaching three basketball teams, kids are playing sports all over the place, wife got to be all over the place. And so when we get a chance to get done, it's like 10 o'clock where y'all are at. And I immediately am like, yo, I don't want anybody to be able to like three o'clock in the morning. Actually, I want to thank you for always staying up so late when you're on with us um, and never complaining, just snoring um, loud, <laughs> uh, in my ear. But um, we'll talk. We, it, we, at single simulcast really just want to accommodate others. We're just now getting to the point where we're learning how to accommodate ourselves. Um, so we, I, I really do. I'm, I'm grateful for not only for you having me on, I'm grateful for your friendship. I'm grateful for all of the conversations we've had. 
Um, I'm grateful for your honesty. It's helped me grow while I've seen you grow. So real Ooh, talk. Ooh, child. Ooh. Ooh, child. Uh, who, you know what? Speaking of, remind me to come back to that. But first of all, let me pay these bills. Uh, so you are listening to a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Go to our website, CSPN.us. Click that podcast tab and listen to every episode of Ratchet. I mean, damn. <laughs> well, definitely do listen to Ratchet Ramblings, but this is a uh, with me and Curtis and Candace. But this is Crown of College. This is this show. Uh, I'm so used to saying that because me and Bianca be staggered with the week sometimes, <laughs> and Ratchet Ramblers comes out every week. But, mm-hmm. but yes, listen to both shows, but definitely listen to Crown and Collars. Uh, listen to every episode thus far, and if you like what we have to say, lead share the show, like the show. Uh, Bianca has created a Facebook page for the show. It's in the show notes. Maybe one day we'll make an Instagram page. I might have to uh get with Curtis on that because he is listen. Curtis is uh. HR over here at CSPN. Um, he 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 is not gonna fuck. He is not with fucking up the branding. Okay, so he getting us to fuck together. Uh, uh, my, like I said, one day we might make a Instagram for it. But share the show, leave us ratings and reviews. However you find your podcast, uh, on the website, go to that keep our podcast free tab and shout out all of our many sponsors. Uh, you know, you all know them by now, um, and it's of no extra cost to you. It just gives us a portion of the brick to keep all the regular shows free. Uh, so you won't have to pay to listen to my ass sound like a can of pencil oil um, from Pet Boys. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Um, but if you want to get some hashtag bonus content from the website and from the network uh, and getting bang for your buck, Mosey on over to that, become a patron, subscribe. Um, it is monthly, of course, um, and it is, it, is a, it is a charge, but, you know, you're getting content. You're getting bonus content from our various shows. we got a lot of big things over here at the CSPN, and you're getting some bang for your book. We ain't out here scamming you, um, and we appreciate everybody that takes the time out to do that. And uh, why are we paying bills and Getting into the show, um, uh, just like on single time, cash for shining. Get, tell the people a little bit about yourself, a little bit about the show. As you would always say, the floor is yours. God damn, I've never actually been on this side of the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> it be your own niggas. <laughs> you're doing, you, you, Jeremy. You're doing wonderful. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I am the host of Single Simulcast, along with the breathtakingly brilliant Shantae Fabulous. Um, hey, Shantae. Our sh- hey, Shantae. Um, our show is primarily about looking into issues within the community, looking at social justice issues, uh, looking at how cops are fucking things up. Uh, we also talk about how white women are fucking up the world uh, one person at a time. Uh, and then we have fun. We uh, look at news stories and we put a comedic spin on everything. When I tell you that uh, we try to make sure that the pills that you have to swallow are still a little bit enjoyable. That's what we do. We don't sugarcoat everything. We give it to you straight. But at the same time, we gonna come with them jokes. Um, we also talk a lot about mental health issues. Uh, I uh, live with depression. Um, Family members who are schizophrenic, uh, bipolar disorder, uh, 
dude, like we're we're in these streets and we're walking right there with you. A couple days ago, and I haven't told anybody this. A couple days ago, I realized in my head, my brain just out of nowhere while I was playing a video game, my brain just thought to myself, it's a good thing you don't have a gun. And that's when I realized that I'm still having suicidal thoughts. Um, and so we discuss stuff like that. Um, I'm also the host of the Dream Team, along with my homeboy Scar and Adjective J. It's just three black men uh, really talking ill shit, trill shit, and real shit. That's really it. We have no topics, but we always come out there and just bring the science. And it's 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 a, it's an illuminating listen. Um, and then I'm the host of Storytellers, which is uh, four uh, four minds and one story. We um, take three cards out of a rent. We draw three cards randomly out of a box and we create a story. The first person will start the story. It's a three to five minute segment. And then after they finish their part of the story, they will take their taped segment and send it to the next person. See, because none of us are in the same room when we're doing this. So we take the first segment, we send it to the second person. The second person listens to the first per person's part, and then they record their three to five minute segment based on that first part. Here's where it gets interesting. The second person sends their segment to the third person, and the third person never gets to hear what the first person recorded. They only hear what the second person recorded. From that second person's part, they do their three to five minute segment and then they send it off to the fourth person. Now, the fourth person never hears the entire first half of the story, yet they still have to close the story out. After everybody's done their segment, we get together usually on Saturdays and our producer, LSPN, uh, plays each segment back so we can all hear it. And then we ask the person what they were thinking about when they made it. And we uh, create an excellent story. It is a combination of two world-renowned loved games, storytelling and telephone. And I implore you to check it out. Um, and then the last show, I haven't even started it yet. But by the time that this show is out, we should be prepping to record the first episode um, a few days later. And Jeremy, you're more than welcome to join us on this one. I'm telling you, it's... it's... <sighs> you already know. It's, it's whatever. It's a hundred. It's a hundo. You already know. The new show that uh, I came up with is called Unburdened. And Unburdened is quite simply a cathartic uh, release for black men in a toxic world. Um, we get on there. It's a 30 to 45 minute show. We get on there and we talk about uh, mental health issues. We get on there. Somebody's having a bad day. They just get on there and really just unload, just let it go. And the other people who are on the show just listen and send support. Um, we may have topics. We may not. I'm not even sure yet. I just know that I have a lot of stuff that is inside of me, bottled up inside of me. And I know that there's a lot of black men who have a lot of stuff bottled up inside of them because we've been told for so long that black men don't break. Black men stay strong. Black men are just supposed to be silent providers. And 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 so we needed to find a space, an avenue for black men to actually um, talk with one another without fear of judgment, without fear of uh, clapbacks or reprisal or anything like that. And so that's where Unburden came from. And uh, I literally just came up with that one earlier today. I spoke with two of uh, two people that I know. Uh, who are going to be on the show with me. 
And if you are looking to be on the show, we don't use names. We don't even use nicknames. I mean, my name's going to be on it because I, you know, I'm I, it's my show. I'm the host. But if you want to come on and use a pseudonym, you can go for it. If you want to just be number five, go for it. We just want you to get on there and unburden yourself. Just get it out. And we will be right there with you, consoling you, walking with you, talking with you. So I think that it's very important that in this uh, in this time, we are able to have a space where we are able to talk without fear. And I, I really, truly, truly agonized over whether or not it was just going to be black people. Black mm -hmm. men and black women on this show, I really thought about that for a long time. And what I finally came up with was the simple fact that. I can't speak for black women. I can't consult. I can consult them and I can listen to them, but I can't speak on their on what they're going through on their on their issues because I'm a big part of the issue. So I'm not I can't be in that safe space. But if any anyone wants to do an unburden for women, I'll edit it, I'll produce it, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I just can't be a voice on it. Cuz it's not my space. It's not my time. Right. So that's what I'm up to. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, you know, I'm here to, you know, support you in all these ventures. And, you know, when the stuff goes out, you know, when it goes out, I'll be more than happy to contribute. Uh, if, you know, just with either being on or, you know, if one day you can't do it and you need like a moderator or something, you need somebody to record or be on or, you know, just sharing the show and, you know, retweeting it and sharing it on Facebook and stuff, you already know it's a hundred. It's a hundred. Y'all don't know. Appreciate it. Always appreciate it. One hundred, because that's you know, it takes a village. It takes a village. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, with all that said, um, be sure you check out Single Simoncast and check out Rashani and Shante and and also the Dream Team. I mean, if you subscribe to them on iTunes, you get the whole package deal. So it's 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 wonderful. It's 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 fine. It's fine. And um, unburdened. You know when it. When it, uh, you said it'll be up probably by the time because this shit probably yeah, the first show is recording on uh this upcoming Saturday, so it'll okay. be okay. Yeah, by the time, yeah, 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 yeah. So all right, so with that said, that's all the church announcements and all that stuff. So let's get to the um, let's get to it. So um, <clears throat> but yeah, speaking of what I want to say, uh, <laughs> Bianca's not here. <laughs> So, um, but if you follow me or on, uh, if you happen to find me on Facebook, um, uh, which you probably can't can do with the, with the show page, but whatever, cause it's, I think it's linked together, but whatever. Uh, so <laughs> I think I probably mentioned this before, but, um, as a matter of fact, I know we did because it was a whole ass segment at one point in time, a couple episodes we did. So I'm going to address my infamous um, old Facebook statuses. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I don't know why I'm subjecting myself to this punishment because Rashani is the absolute worst. But 
say, I don't know why you're doing this right now. Like of all the times. I mean, Dang. might as well. And it's it's already almost spirit anyway. So I mean, might as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Yaka, I love you, girl, and I'm gonna try my hardest. I'm I'm gonna try and do what you would want me to do in this situation. So I make no mistake about it um, that I used to be a very a supreme dumbass. Cause you know, and you know what's crazy about the about it though with Bianca, um, cause that's what Bianca does. Like she finds my old Facebook statuses from like eight years ago or whatever. She makes fun of them. She comments on them, and makes fun of them, and she even shares them. Or well, you know, it's Facebook. You can pretty much see what it, what the fuck anybody doing. Um, and she highlights them or whatever. And you know, all my friends, you know. Um, comment and you know make fun of me and stuff, which is fine. You know I deserve it. It's fine. Hell, I make fun of my damn self. But you know what I thought about when I was uh was it last night? Yeah, like when I I just having to log on because I was doing some stuff for the network and like dog, I because I'm 27 now and that shit was a dog. I was like 19, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was like 19, barely 19. 18, maybe barely hitting 20, depending on the month or whatever. I was like, holy shit. I was a whole ass dumbass. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know what's crazy? Is that it made me, you know, shoot, while we here, like, this this ain't unburdened, but fuck it. But it's like crazy because it's like I had positive influence like I, I praise my dad all the time like that nigga was smart as shit but i think we really didn't have that much of a talking relationship and partly and part of that was my fault so like the conversations like when i grew out of you know my stupid shit my problematic shit on my own and then me and this nigga talking about it like when i'm fucking 22 well no like 23 24 25 and shit and I'm thinking, like, nigga, you been this smart this whole time and you never, like, you could have stopped me from being, you could have saved me from being ashy and shit. But I'm like, part of the reason we didn't really have a talking relationship was part was partly my fault. Because it's like, I was so, and I'm telling a little bit of my business here, uh, I was so spoiled by my mom where to the point where me and my dad, even after my mom passed, God rest her soul, me and him never really had a connection until I got older. And it's like all of the lessons, all of the stuff that he could have helped me unpack and grow where my friends wouldn't be pulling up my old Facebook statuses of me staying stupid shit because I wouldn't have said that stupid shit. I didn't allow him to educate me. I, like, I had to do it on my own. And I think he was cognizant of that. That he, I wasn't, no matter how much he tried, I wasn't going to be able to receive it because I didn't want to. And I think he was aware of that. And so he just kind of let me learn and grow on my own. And it's just wild to think that I really was like 19, 20, saying the shit that I was saying and believing it. And then one that it, it feels so long ago, but it's really not. But the Jeremy now and the Jeremy then is totally fucking different. And it's just wild to think about that, you know what I mean? It it's wild to think about it, but it's not surprising. Um yeah. the Jeremy back then 
while there was social media, when, you know, th- there was not as much of an idea of how can I be responsible with this social media? There was more of a social media back then was more of the Wild West. Everybody came out shooting and whatever was on your mind, it came out. And back then. Yeah, back then, there, 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 you probably didn't have a lot of. Uh, black women weren't saving you back then because you didn't know a lot of black women due to your lack of reach on social media or whatever it may have been. Uh, so until I, I'll be honest, uh, huh? you, you know what's wild though? That's the cr- the crazy part about that shit is like if you go to like my old Twitter, it's not nearly as bad as like my old Facebook statuses, and that's wild. Like I want to say like because most of the shit like Bianca be pulling is from like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, maybe two thousand eleven. But like, if you do that, because I think because I joined Twitter in like 2010, I think. Yeah, 2010. Like, if you go search my Twitter from like 2010 to I want to I want to say 12, maybe 13. Like, it's problematic stuff, but it's not nearly as bad as like my old Facebook statuses from like 2009 up until like 2011. Minus. <laughs> and and i don't even need old facebook posts to know how bad of a person i was um i have podcasts dating back to then and um those podcasts have some misogyny those podcasts have some uh honestly language that can only be called transphobic uh those podcasts have language that i don't think i had anything homophobic on them but at the same time every time i hear something that was just cringeworthy enough i stopped listening to it because i'm ashamed you know i'm i'm ashamed and and it's like they say that everybody grows and you make mistakes and you learn from your mistakes. And you continue to grow and all that. But those footprints, you know, you and I have talked about this before. Those footprints. Yeah, I quote you all the time whenever people get on their soapbox about growth and all that shit. And, and by the way, this is conversation isn't like, uh, you know, pat, my, pat myself on the back for growing oh, yeah. and shit. Like, no, that, that you know, that's. That's not what this conversation is about. It's more like, holy shit, like, I didn't think it was that bad. Well, no, not that bad, because I knew it was that bad. But, uh, I, um, what's the word I want to use? Um, that I think, I guess if it feels so long ago, but it's not really. Mm-hmm. And I think it just hit me as like, yo, I'm a whole ass 27-year-old. And I was just 19. Like, it was just, like, it feels like it was just yesterday. I guess that's the kind of point of this conversation. But going back to your point, like, me, I quote you all the time whenever the type of conversation about growth, quote unquote, is, you know, we so, I said on this show a long time ago, we romanticize and weaponize growth all at the same goddamn time. And whenever that conversation comes up, I always quote you 
and what you said was you are allowed to grow and move forward, but no one has to forget the footprints that you left behind. And that's what the biggest fear is for me all the time. Like. The only thing you literally cannot leave your past behind you, you you can't uh, you can't try and sidestep it. You can't try and sugarcoat it. And if you own it, people keep telling me all the time, look, the way that I know that you're growing is because you're devastated or you're really hurt by the stuff that you said or you know that the stuff you said back then was disgusting. That's not really accurate. I can know now that tripping somebody when they were when I was five is bad. It doesn't really mean that, you know, I've learned from it. I just have a deeper cognizance of what is wrong and right. I am hurting over my words, which your words, the ones that I read were funny because I, first of all, I remember thinking those things or saying those things. I remember some of the music you're referencing and all that kind of stuff. And I know what kind of person you are. And, and, and I think that that's the thing. Everybody sees what kind of person you are now. So they're like, don't worry about what you said back then, but you are that person still, and it's still inside of you. And I think that's the scary part for me is that I know that that person is still here. Like I, ha it's like being a, a junkie. You have to suppress by growth. You have to bury by growth. You have to continue to just get better because it's not going anywhere. You can't outrun it. It is you. It is inherently you. And so when people tell me that they're not racist anymore or whatever anymore, I'm like, OK, it's still in you. I know a lot of white folks say they're not racist anymore, but let them get mad at you. And all of a sudden you a nigga under their breath. And it's the same thing. I said things in that time frame on these shows that I'm just like, I have no excuse for. Them. I just have apologies. Uh, I can't I, I can quote. The, the usual, the the way I was brought up and all that kind of stuff. But no, I said some really shitty things. And it hurt me to know that people who I admire and I love would probably be really hurt if they heard those things. I don't know. No, I, I feel you. I mean, for me, it's. For me, like, I don't even, I, I put it like this. I don't, people all, well, people ask me, like, when I'm getting clowned about this shit, they ask me, like, why don't you delete this shit? One, because I never want to, and if people have this interpretation on me, that's them. But I never want people to see me as, like, I've always been, like, a completed product. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, I'm not a completed product now. Like, I'm still learning. I'm still being a better person because my I want to mitigate as much harm as possible. Like, I don't I didn't grow and I didn't be a better person because I want to pass on the back or or I wanted I recognize what I was doing. My ideologies, my thought processes, I recognize that they were harmful. And I wanted to eliminate that harm in my own personal life. And hopefully by talking to people, challenging people who was was on the same shit, mitigating that harm within them. 
You know what I mean? So for me, I don't delete the shit because I want people to see where I came, where I was, as opposed to where I, where I am now. And two, I'm okay with being. I can, <laughs> I guess we can get just a little bit wretched. Like I'm okay with getting dragged. I think mm-hmm. that's the other thing about it with me. Like I'm okay with getting dragged because I keep that same energy. Because you know how you the example that you use, like, um, like if you use a racist, like motherfucker had racist tweets or uh, racist Facebook posts maybe like six six years ago or whatever. Let's just use the word the number six. They had that shit six years ago. Guess what the fuck I'm gonna do? Drag their ass. Mm-hmm. If somebody wanted to pull up my old Facebook posts and be like, well you was an idiot and you was on this, guess what the fuck I'm gonna do? Shut the fuck up and let them drag me. Because I deserve it. You know what I mean? <laughs> my my goal is am I I was harmful back then. I'm not harmful now, but that does not negate the harmful things that I said. And if you want to drag me for them, I'm okay with that. It's perfectly fine. I shit. First of all, ain't shit you can say worse to me than I don't already said about myself. So that's one part of it. <laughs> and the yeah. other part of it is I'ma keep that same energy. I'm gonna be like, Jeremy, um, I don't necessarily believe your growth, quote unquote unquote. Um, and I'm going to have to be cautious about you. You know, I mean, you talk a good game now, but I don't know if you're really about that life. I'm going to be like, you are absolutely right and well within your right to believe that. And you know what? I'm not offended. Go off, sis or bro, you know, or, or others, you know, what, whatever your pronouns or identities are. I'm fine with that. It's like that shit kind of just roll off on me because my goal was and still is to, like, stop being harmful as much as I can. So that's what my focus is. And that's why I kind of feel like a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> I know me and Bianca disagree a lot when it comes to the growth conversation, but I, that's why I kind of feel that a lot of people be full of shit on these soapboxes for growth. Cause it's like, do you really want to mit- eliminate harm or do you want to weaponize growth and romanticize it and, 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 fi- and make everybody feel, feel good, good about themselves or sorry for themselves? Like, is it Uchiwale or one mic? <laughs> Hey, you know what? It's it's. I will. I I I thought about like, okay, what are the what are the ramifications of me having this show and continuing to have this show, and not just this show, but also the Dream Team on the internet? And I was like, first of all, we did it. Even if I deleted it, we still did it. You know, so to eliminate a body of work because you feel some sort of way. It's, it's, it's almost, I can't even put it into words. I I just went blank. I had a good one. It was there. And then I went blank. When I come up with it, you're going to hear from me people. But, um, it's like, there's no real reason for you to hide from your past. Um, because again, and and I hope that this is conveying well. We see the growth. You may not see it. You may wonder about it. You may feel badly about it, but we see it. And so, I don't see it in myself all the time. You know, um, I, I I sometimes wonder where I'm at. Like, what am I doing? But I know at at some lucid moments in my life, I know that there's growth. I know that I've come a, a ways and I know that um, no matter what 
those old episodes have in them, it doesn't represent me now. I represent it. You know what I'm saying? Like when you listen to those old episodes back then, you will be able to come to me after listening to those old episodes and I double down. Whereas now, if you listen to those old episodes and you come over to me, first of all, if I need to get dragged, I'm going to get dragged. It happens. I'm pretty much used to it at this juncture in my life. Twitter's been around for a while. As is Facebook. Niggas was getting dragged on my space. Why am I not in your top five no more? You know what you did. Damn, I've been dragged. Um, but I'll take it. And I'm also going to talk with you about it because I'm not there anymore. There are some episodes that I did were that were I had to apologize for stuff I said on earlier episodes because I felt so strongly in the opposite direction now. Like I had done an episode about why folks shouldn't get paid more than minimum wage to work at a McDonald's. And I had to come back and say, you know what, this is where I'm at now. This is what makes sense to me now. Podcasting is not just an avenue to uh, speak and be heard. For me, podcasting is a time capsule. And a time capsule is comprise of things that you held value to back then it's not things from the future it's things you held value to back then so if i look at a time capsule like i did a show in 2011 if i look at it if i go back seven years and listen to that episode i've grown since then it's physically and mentally so i'd be shocked i'm actually kind of shocked when i hear stuff that i still agree with that's wild I'm like, yeah, I still do feel that way. I'm still thinking that same answer while as as old voices saying it. But by and large, nah. Not the same dude. Not the same person. And I admire everybody who's able to recognize that they need to and then take actual steps, even if it's baby steps, towards growth. Unless you're a racist or a, a Nazi or something like that, at which point you can't take baby steps. Nigga, you need to put your whole fucking body into the pool and dunk your head under and pop up uh, and just be reborn. It don't work any other way for me. You know what I noticed? Yes. Um, and 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 this is just me. I'm not quite sure, not a hundred percent certain, but I am pretty confident that niggas have really good thoughts. Not just niggas, white folks too. Russians, Eritreans, Mexicans, um, New Zealanders, I see you. Um, they have really good thoughts, and they don't think that anybody's going to feel their thought. So I feel like people have really good thoughts and type them out and then put somebody else's name on the quote. Because I'm seeing somebody type out stuff that has been attributed to like six different people now, and I know that without a shadow of a doubt. And this time it's being attributed to Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan didn't say nothing smart in his entire life. <laughs> so, first of I'm all, like, go, ahead, go ahead. No, that's all I'm, I'm like. That was the whole thing. First of all, first of all, a nigga with piss color eyes ain't never said nothing important. That motherfucker, <laughs> like, how your eyes look like highlighters, dog? Like, I just, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, seriously, this nigga, <laughs> nigga, like, this nigga eyes the color of like that one uncle that you got that you know him 
he only shower like every other Friday. Like, how this nigga like that Junif that Junif eye motherfucker. So but yeah. But um speaking of growth <laughs> and speaking of uh you brought up racist, so uh John McCain died. So. <laughs> I used to have a homeboy. His name was Dezeba in DC in actually Waldorf, Maryland. And whenever somebody would die, we'd be like, Dezeba, John McClain died. And Dezeba would say back without hesitation every single time, fuck him. Dezeba, somebody who said that they hate a slur for Asian folks and will hate that same slur as long as they live, died. Fuck him. Dezeba, somebody who voted against universal health care, government health care, while getting government health care, died. Fuck him. So? So? Hope that nigga crash landed into hell. Fuck him. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I called it... Uh, first of all, I thought John McCain had died like seven years ago, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on, people. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean are we really... Supp- I mean, come on. Come on, I mean, if, I mean, he really died when he was tortured as a soldier. I mean, you know, I, I think it was. I, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, he done died before. Was all I'm saying. I'm just, you know, he was the evil dead for crying out loud. Let's be. This nigga called John McCain the lead character on Death Becomes Her. Yes. Like, <laughs> and you know what? I can see it too because his hairline just kept going backwards. Right. <laughs> writing on the inside of his forehead, like, help me. That was his lifespan. His forehead, his hairline was his lifespan. Exactly. And that shit was gone. Mm-hmm. It was no more. No mas. No mas. Mm-hmm. No mas. But yeah, uh, the second thing is I knew when he died, there was going to be a lot of performative morality. Um, and lo and behold, like I saw a lot of people. I mean, I expected the usual suspects of like white folks, Republicans, you know, li- quote unquote liberals and stuff. But I saw niggas, niggas. Now, but some, I saw niggas. I saw enough niggas paying respects to John McCain. I was like, <laughs> I turned into that blinking white man. I was like, whoops. Who? What? Who? What? What? What was it? What? Who? How? How? How are you paying? How are you a minority and paying respects to John McCain? It's, it, it's that whole respect your elders thing, and nobody's elder than John McCain. So, niggas <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, pay respect to their elders, like. Look, first of all, a few things. One, since this is the first time I've been on this show, I just got to put that back out there real quick so I can say this part. I've said this before, but I need to say it on this show. Any white person over the age of 60, I just believe inherently are racist. There is nothing you can say to change my mind about that. Now, when you look at the people who are in government and you look at the ages of these motherfuckers and you see that they're like 84 and 70 and 82 and 75 and all that kind of shit. You got a whole bunch of races running your country. Correct. And none of them are looking out for your interests. They're looking out for their interests. And and you got to see that. And, and just like I just said, John McCain had government funded health care while shutting down government funded health care. And he shut down um, 
damn, let's go down the list. He tried to kill everything. Like the nigga had an Literally issue with same sex marriage. He had an issue with abortion. He had an issue with everything. And he was not a mag maverick. A maverick does not toe the line. A maverick does not walk behind everybody else and do what they want to do. And a maverick does not take time out to kiss Donald Trump's butt. But then at the same time, raise his hand quietly, like, I'm not gonna go for that. So fuck that nigga. Fuck him to death. Oh, he's already there. My fault. I'm um Yo, that yo, that nigga was deaf and was trying to inflict death on everybody. <laughs> exactly. He is. Look, I don't think that people. If if you forget everything else, just remember that he's the reason why Sarah Palin is in the lexicon. Oh, child. If you don't remember anything else, remember he's the one who went heads up against uh, Barack Obama. If you don't remember anything else. Keep these things in mind. He is not, has never, and never will fuck with you. He is from, he was in Arizona. He is the, sen, he was the senator in Arizona. Like, he don't give a fuck about you. He don't care about you. He don't like black people. He doesn't know any black people. And when his wife got into a car accident, he immediately had an affair. That's how he's coping. She's hanging on to life and death. She's paralyzed. She can't get out of bed. I'm going to go have an affair. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to support you. I'm not going to stand by you. Well, when you do clownery, because that nigga dead, nah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And die. I, mm-mm. Fuck him. Fuck him to pieces. Like, seriously. And you know what? I, I can't get on people who said, black folks who said respectful things about him. I want to, but I can't because it was ingrained. It was instilled in a lot of black folks at a very young age, like I said, to respect your elders. And so a lot of folks, even if they wanted to say something bad about them, can't get past what they were taught. And some people are scared of getting dragged. And some people are scared of just going against the system. Yeah. But, but there was a lot of white. Democrats mm. in office mm. who were talking about how good of a man John McCain was. Mm. I just want to put that out there real quick. I'm not looking at the I'm not looking at the young black folks, I'm not looking at the poor black folks, I'm not looking at the the young white folks, I'm not looking at the po white folks, I'm not looking at any of y'all. I'm looking at the the Democrats and Libertarian and Green Party members in government who took time out to say how good of a man John McCain was. When that motherfucker did everything he could to stymie everything you needed to do. I don't think you remember that. But I hope we do. Clean House 2018. Fuck everybody in that fucking office. Rashani said it. And Jeremy endorsed it. Uh speaking of uh speaking of fuck fuck the system. Um so <clears throat> The officer who murdered, because that's that that's that's that, that's what he did, murdered, uh, murdered uh Jordan Edwards, um, got convicted today. Mm-hmm. Um, former off- police officer was found guilty of murder Tuesday for the two thousand for the April two thousand seventeen shooting death of an African American teenager and could face up to life in prison. This is from the Washington Post. 
Uh, Roy Oliver testified he was defending his partner when he shot into a car leaving a house a house party in the Dallas suburb of Bout Springs. Uh, 15-year-old Jordan Edwards, a fresh, a freshman honor roll student, was sitting in the front passenger seat and was killed instantly. The incident became a flashpoint in North Texas and nationally reigniting concerns over racism and police brutality. Oliver is the second ex-officer in Dallas County to be found guilty of murder uh, this year in connection with a civilian's death. Yeah, more than a dozen, more than a dozen um, uninformed police officers, un uniformed police officers lined the walls of the packed courtroom. As the verdict was read, the jury, which deliberated for 13 hours, found Oliver not guilty on two counts. Uh, found Oliver not guilty of two counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon by a public servant. Quote: For an officer to be convicted of murder resulting from an on-duty shooting and the facts of the incident have to be so bizarre that there is no rational explanation for the officer's action. Quote, noted Philip Stinson, an associate, an associate professor of criminal justice at Bowling, State, Bowling Green State University who tracks police misconduct. Quote, I think the shooting in the car for the teenagers as they solely drive down the street away from the officer fits that pattern. Yeah. The uh I wanna be happy. I mean I am happy that that motherfucker went to jail for murder. More officers need to go to jail for murder. Uh but the way that they convinced the jury that he should go to jail for for murder was bullshit. Yeah. The lawyer went on some literal time to kill type shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh Jordan was a 3.5 uh, grade point average student who wanted to play football at uh, Alabama. He loved his mama. He said his prayers. He walked his kid. He walked his little brother and sister to school every day. Blah, blah, blah. Can you can you picture that? Close your eyes. He mowed the lawn for his neighbors. He walked other people's dogs. He always helped people cross the street. Now imagine that he's white. That's what it felt like. Jordan was. By all by all. Evidence, an excellent young man. Cops murdered him. Do the right thing or just cops murdered him. Do the right thing. And in a perfect world. Juries would do the right thing. And it irritates me to no end that people need to be dragged to the right answer. Oh, this is murder? Convince me. It's like that meme that they got on Facebook now that was on Twitter like four years ago. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Oh, I need to be told why he's a good person because he's black and I already have all these thoughts in my head about black people. That's not how this should work, but it's the way that it works all the time. And two things. One, I'm sad that that's the way that he got this conviction. Two, I am furious that this is now probably going to become the strategy for people trying to get cops convicted for killing young black women and men, black people, period, killing trans people, period. Uh, 
for them sexually assaulting sex workers, for them doing all of that, they're going to have to try and put them into a, a cleaner light, into what they feel is a, a better light for the for the audience, a more palatable light. And it shouldn't be like that. And that's why I'm irritated. Yeah, we got a victory, but at what cost? What did they have to do to get there? Yeah. It's like you shouldn't have to you really shouldn't have to plead for someone's humanity, but sadly that's where we are. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so it's on the one hand, it's like, yes, justice. Or uh, hopefully he Ooh, excuse me. Um, like I said, he's facing up to life and hopefully that holds up, you know, and press, you know, for his family for receiving some form of justice. But like you said, at what cost? You know what I mean? So um yeah, may um officer Oliver um he can um go to hell. Yeah, in the words in the words of Curtis, you you can go to hell. I mean you going you going to you going to jail now, hopefully. I just I just you know what, real talk. Also, while it's also on my mind, can we stop putting police officers who go to jail into segregated are into segregated cells. Stop putting them in protective custody. Can we stop doing that? They're prisoners now. They are in jail. They are locked up. They are convicts. Stop protecting them. Stop. Stop doing what you feel should be done for somebody that shouldn't that you wouldn't do for anybody else just because they're police officers. Let them get beat up. Let them get bullied. Let them deal with the fact that all these folks that they were talking so bad about while they were locking them up, all these people that they were stashing drugs on, all these people that they were doing dirty and assaulting and all that, now they're one of them. Let the rest of the folks see them in there. If no other reason, then so then they can fear, have that fear that we had, that those that those prisoners had when the police were roughing them up. And talking bad about it and all that. Stop protecting these cops. They aren't one of you. Seriously. It, it's just. On so many levels. Irritating on so many levels. Correct. Um, speaking of bullying. Uh, we just want to say. Uh, rest in peace. Um, to James Miles. Mm hmm. Um, he is um, a nine-year, well, was a nine-year-old Denver boy um, who committed suicide last week after being bullied uh, uh, for com for for being gay, for living in his truth. Uh, first of all, uh, peace to him, uh, peace to his family. Uh, may he rest in peace uh, and find the peace. Uh, hopefully in the afterlife that he could not find here because people are trash and they socialize and raise their, ch their children to be trash. Uh, but also a big fuck you to, like I said, one of my AKAs, the homophobia. Listen, Cisgendered, heteronormative people. We 
Uh, and I'm not saying this to be self-serving or to win quote-unquote ally of the year, but it is shit like this where I say not all these black lives matter because a lot of these niggas can go and I'm using niggas gender friendly. Um, and I like I said before, I don't say that for shop value. I don't say that for shits and giggles. This is what I mean when I say, how can I be here for all niggas when all niggas are not here for all niggas within the community? Mm-hmm. Because as soon as this story broke this morning, whole lot of homophobia, whole lot of homophobia. Like how can how can kids know that they gay at nine and you know, these punk ass kids growing up in this social media era, they're so sensitive, they can't take a little bit of bullying and stuff. It's like people were saying this. People, real people, whether, because I know a lot of people like to, you know, conveniently act like social media is the matrix. You know, they don't say that when they meet up with each other for brunches and shit, but when it comes to some social, some real social shit, some real societal issues, then it's, you know, on Twitter. Is is the matrix or social media is the matrix and it's not the real world, quote unquote. But you know, whatever. Um, all of the homophobia jumped out over this over this story of this this tragic tale and and a not and a far unfortunately often occurrence um, with with uh, members of the LGBT community. Well, this young man could not live his truth because kid, other children were bullying him because they internalized I'm more than willing to bet they internalized homophobia from their parents and probably I mean, we are under this administration, so that could be a factor too. And this young man, unfortunately, this young boy, unfortunately, decided to take his life because he felt that his life was not valuable because of the truth of his life. And that is so sad. Look, people, you have to confront and deal with the fact that there are nine-year-old kids who can't cope. I'm not even, I'm, I'm not talking about his sexuality. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm saying, statistically speaking, suicides for young children ages 9 to 11 have gone up exponentially. I want to point out the fact that this young man was brave enough to tell his family how he felt. He was brave enough to tell his his mom how he felt. And his mom told him to live his truth, to live in his body, to be happy with his orientation. And so he went to school and he proudly told his peers. And his peers who were taught by their parents that this is an abomination and this is horrible and this is not the way it should be. Made this child 
feel so alone and so horrible about himself that he that he sought peace. There is no way in the world that you can tell me that any child deserves to be bullied, maligned, hated, or anything to the point where they feel like this is the best option. And I just want to say that the parents of the children who bullied this child, I hope you can't sleep. They won't convict you. You won't go to jail. I just hope you can't sleep. I hope that you're still up right now thinking about it. It is just. It's. Numbing. It it, it just it it I'm I'm I I can't. Like. In this day and age, these kids were eight and nine, which means their parents were my age or younger, which means that they know that there's a better way. And they're choosing to not teach their kids that. And now this young man, this beautiful soul is no longer with us. And I blame you. And you alone. I don't blame Trump. I don't blame uh, Alex Jones. I don't blame any of those people. Because A, they're not you. B, they don't have to be connected to your child. You do. You are the you are your child's first teacher. And you know what? Real talk. Not so quiet is kept. You are the person that they will look to before they even look to their teacher. I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you go out with a kid who respects you and loves you, when somebody else tells him something, they will look up at you. And if you nod, they'll accept it. And if you're looking like what, like giving a side eye, they will reject it and keep it pushing. You are the reason why these kids felt that it was in their right to denigrate this young man. You are the reason why they felt like they could just gaslight and bully him and you you know what also while it's in my mind the teacher of this class had better take time out to think about their role in this there should be no one left at peace with this there should be no one whose life isn't changed from this a nine-year-old a nine-year-old Felt like this was. They just couldn't take it anymore. And all they want to do is live their truth and be at peace, which is wonderful. Yes, kids know what their sexual orientation is at a very young age. Respect it. Respect it. Support them. This is shitty. It's horrible. I don't know. It is. It is, but uh, I um, I truly hope that he can find peace uh, that 
in the next life that he could not in this one. And I, this is, this, this is, this is why your homophobia isn't a quote unquote difference of opinion. This is why your transphobia is not just quote unquote your opinion. This is why you don't get the same. This is the reason why the same way you don't get a pass for you. We don't give white people a pass for their racism. This is why you don't give them people a pass for their homophobia and transphobia. This is why. This is why. This is why. So, but prayers to that family. And may he, may they, may, may young, may he rest in peace. And may they get vengeance. And agree. Keep uh, going, may they get vengeance. I hope that, oh my God, let, oh my God. Like, I just, I keep thinking about what it would be like. Like, you never want to outlive your kids. But a kid who, like this age, who didn't even have a chance to see the world, didn't have a chance to do anything. I'm going up to that school as soon as I am mentally ready. I don't care if it's six months down the line. And whoever was involved in that situation is going to hear my voice. One of the shows that I saw recently that just tore me, just rendered me, was uh, Seven Seconds. Was that what it's called, man? Seven Seconds with Regina King, where her son got killed by cops. And they kept telling her that he was a gangbanger. And they kept telling her that he, that she, that he was a horrible person. And she was like, nah, y'all going to hear me. And everybody who saw her trying to pursue justice for her son was like, why are you doing this? Why are you acting like this? You need to calm down. And she was like, fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. They're not going to get peace for my son because I can't get peace for my son. So I support every parent who's mourning their child. I support each and every one of y'all. And I hope you give them hell every day. Every waking moment, even if it's you, even if it's you waking up in the morning and sending them a text message like you still ain't shit. Do something. Don't sink into yourself. Don't let them die. Don't let their memory fade away and don't let them fuckers forget what they did to your kid. Oh, my God. He was nine. I, I, I put out a video. I, I posted a video on the single simulcast page a couple of days ago of a uh, young man, a young kid. I think he's eight. Who dresses in drag. And. Uh, does videos and is a is a drag queen at like the age of eight. And it was awesome that this is his hobby. This is what he's into. This is what he likes. This is what they want to do. I'm happy to say that the folks who I who saw it on my page had the common sense to not say anything bad about it. But I know that that kid has people who are just looking at him like, how dare you? Y'all got to respect kids' opinions. You got to respect kids' emotions. You got to respect kids, period. I posted this up on Facebook a couple days ago. I talk to kids like they're little adults. 
And then when adults get mad about it, I talk to adults like they're little kids. Because one of y'all is acting childish. You got to respect kids the way that you wanted to be respected when you were a kid. You can't forget what it was like to be a kid just because you grow up. And I'm not just talking about, oh, I need to have fun all the time. No, really, nigga. You need to remember what it was like to be a kid and give them that respect. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Um, but before we get out of here, I know this uh, has been a little heavy, but uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun before we get up out of here. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so in who the fuck you think I is news. So <clears throat> somebody lost their damn minds and got up on stage on, on the underrun. Got up on stage at the On The Run Tour concert here in Atlanta the, over the weekend. And shut the hell up, Rashani. Because uh, <laughs> I know you. Shut up. <laughs> I, it was on the tip of your tongue as soon as I said it. Shut up. <laughs> this ain't the show. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Uh, on The Run Tour happened over the weekend. I Listen, I wanted to go, but the way my bill set up and the way my bank account looked at me like nigga. <laughs> so, but I did want to go because I've never seen, i never seen Beyonce um, in concert. i never seen Jay-Z in concert and i never seen them together. Uh, so I did want to go, but the way my bills were set up, my bills were looking like, now, you can go. But uh, the, this here bill right here, um, this might get turned off. Um, This right here might get turned off. Yeah, already got a payment plan on this so you might not want to it might not be worth it young padawan it might not be worth it so i was like you know what fine i mean like whatever i mean i i guess i gotta be a responsible adult i guess so i didn't go but uh from what i hear from what i've seen because you know of course people posting it on instagram and stuff and you know snapchat and all that you know it looked amazing um it looked like every it looked like it was a great performance. Um, B and J individually always put on great performances, and I hear that uh, from what I've seen, this looked looked great. But somebody had to ruin the fun. So I think this was the Saturday show. Yeah, it was the Saturday show. So some now, <laughs> so much stuff happened. So much stuff happened because on social media it came out as a somebody. Um, how we found out about it on Twitter and shit, it was like somebody was texting their friend who had went to the concert and they showed a screenshot of their friend having a conversation about somebody went up on stage. And everybody took that with a grain of salt because at this point, especially if you're on Twitter and Black Twitter, you know that people posting their text uh, messages between each other, for the most part, people be, I'm convinced at this point, people be texting themselves just to post it on Twitter for attention and to get the timeline arguing about nigatheticals. Um, so you had to take that with a grain of salt. But then, oh, go ahead, Rashawn. Oh, no, no, go for it. But then official Beyonce stand accounts started reporting it. And it was like, oh, okay, all right, now we might be cooking with grease here. Then videos started surfacing. And, um, 
immediately they was like, what nigga in their right mind? <laughs> well, first of all, what nigga in their right mind would get on stage at a Beyonce concert, let alone Beyonce and Jay-Z concert? And then more information came up. And while they do have this mugshot in, in this picture, I'm on the website because I'm on uh, CNN. Uh, the videos that I saw, that looked like a white man. Now, maybe it's a filter because I saw somebody say that on Twitter. Maybe it's a filter, but the videos that I saw and the angles that I saw, that was a white man. Uh, but Mr. Let's see. What is... Uh, shit, I just had the name pulled up. Shit, I just had the name put up. Come on, see it. Oh, okay. Um, Anthony Charles Thomas Maxwell. So, first of all, you already know he ain't shit because that nigga got four first names. Exactly. You ain't never met a nigga with four first names that will ever work for damn. Um, uh, but yeah, that nigga got on stage, walked up stage calmly as shit. And like he walked like white privilege. He walked like, oh, I belong here. Like, this is my stage. Like, what are you niggers? What are you jigaboos doing? On my on my Mercedes Benz Stadium floor, um, in this picture he looked some kind of brown though, but I thought that was a white man. But he looked some kind of brown, and you know what? I should have known to be perfectly honest that he might have been some kind of brown because when you see the video, that nigga walked like you ever seen somebody fight? Like you seen two niggas fighting like they in a circle and they do that they do that walk where it's like they hands or at they hands and arms are down to down on their sides at like a ninety degree angle and shit. <laughs> and they just going in the circle, kind of like how when outcasts um, perform a criminal when they go in the circle and shit. Mm-hmm. And they like, and they got they 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 arms like at a ninety degree angles, they shoulders square and broad and shit. Like they ready to scrap. He walked on the stage like that, so I should have known. I should have known he was some type of brown because only black and brown people know how to do that. But yeah, this nigga now allegedly, 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 the reason he won't walked up on stage. Was because he is a Beyonce fan, and he in that part of the hive that still ain't forgave Jay Z. So he walked up and rolled up on him, and uh-huh. from the police report, he pushed Jay Z, but they both fine. Both him, both Jay Z and Beyonce fine. Julius got Beyonce the fuck out the way. He didn't, he didn't bother with Jay Z because Jay, Jay ain't his priority. Julius is B, Beyonce is Julius priority and be and that priority alone. But according to the police report. Jay Z, Jay Z did get pushed, but he's fine. He didn't get attacked. Attacked. He got pushed, but he didn't get attacked. Attacked. Beyonce is fine, and they not gonna press charges on the nigga. But that's the alleged reason that he went on stage. But nothing. That part has not been confirmed. That's just the alleged reason. And honestly, it's the reason that comes with the most jokes. So that's what we are gonna go with. <laughs> oh. This this dude got up there. Because he's part of the small, he's part of the sect of the beehive who have not forgiven Jay Z. I just want to make sure I got that straight. Yes. So he uh, went up there because he did not forgive Jay Z, and he went up there and instead forgot those hands. Um, <laughs> I ain't never seen everybody everybody on the stage turn around and leave the stage like to go to the back to molly wop somebody like and it was it was it was immediate it was immediate it was like those old if you've never seen this video it is a lot like watching the old discovery channel 
uh, shows where they show insects in the wild fighting. And they show an ant or a spider getting fucked up by like a million ants. Yo, is that video? You seen that video on, on Twitter or Facebook where this uh, wasp killed this bee and like in retaliation, like a million bee? That, yes, that's, that's what happened. Listen, because at first they were stunned for a minute because I guess they were stunned like where the fuck he come from and how he get on the stage real quick. But, nigga, once they got over that initial shock, listen, they beat his ass like Nook If You Book just came on. Like the DJ, like the DJ in the performance, like he just, they they turned on him like it had, like the DJ, because what they were going out they, I think they was going out on something um, off of Everything Is Love. And it's like the DJ saw that shit and he just cut to like some crime mob. But then the, then the whole, listen, love me the way Beyonce's backup dancers love her. Because goddamn, they beat his ass swiftly. I mean, Sw- y'all, y'all need to talk about squad goals. L- goals. Somebody, somebody was like, they pay their dancers right. Beyonce is paying her dancers correct because then wasn't Jay-Z spokes. Memphis Bleak wasn't up there. Emil wasn't in there. Beanie Siegel wasn't out there nowhere. That was Beyonce's dancers. That was ladies. That was black women and uh, some black men. But mostly the black women were there first, stomping a mud hole in that dude. Listen, and first I, of all, the, the first of all, the black men like that. The, first of all, a nigga that ain't got no that ain't got on no shirt ain't got shit to lose. Mm. And especially, like, listen. He a, a nigga with no shirt on dancing for Beyonce and, and knowing good and goddamn well Beyonce got it. She that ain't the nigga I want to fuck with. That's a nigga. That's the nigga I need on my team. Like when some shit going down, I want that nigga near me because he ready. He with the shits. He with all. He want all the smoke. Like when you saw that video, like the niggas that didn't have on no shirts, they had the rest of the dancers had to hold them back from beating his ass when security got there. First of all, and the, the nigga, the the dancers got to the nigga before security did. <laughs> the, security security had to secure the dancers from beating his ass. <laughs> how your security? How your security securing a vigilante before he's securing the people that they supposed to be securing? Like what? Like Beyonce and Jay Z, fine. Jay Z just got pushed. We, you know, I mean, the nigga. Damn near old enough to have a life alert. So it's fine. I mean, he ain't bodily harms. It's fine. It's fine. He just got pushed. He'll walk it off. It's fine. But y'all say untouched. The security got to secure and protect this nigga from the backup dancers and the niggas with no shirt. That was hilarious to me. I, I think that something that everybody really needs to learn from this video is two things. Cardio will take you a long, long way. Yes. And two... Women will fuck you up just as quickly as a dude will fuck you up. You need to get that out your head, people. Get that out your head. The women are the weaker sex. No, nigga. They will fuck you up quickly without hesitation. Like, if they got to protect their own, they will take you the fuck out. And I I can't really say more than that. I mean, I could I could make a lot of jokes. I could say that those women were crazy in gloves. Um, <laughs> I could say that somebody had love on top on the top rope. Um, I could say uh, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Um, or they put if you like that fight, then you should have put a ring around it. Um, I could say a lot of stuff, but the bottom line is this: you got fucked the fuck up, and you're going to jail, 
and you tried to beat up Beyonce, and you tried to beat up Jay Z. No, so you tried to beat up Jay Z. Well, yeah, but when he go to jail, it's gonna spread all the way to you attack somebody at a Beyonce and Jay Z concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And niggas gonna beat you up there too. Hopefully, then, right next to the cop that uh murdered Jordan Edwards. Pretty much. Now nah, the crazy thing is the police charged him, not JLB. Yeah, so, like we got this. Right. So it's like you know, cause you know, good, good luck, good luck. But when you do clownery, first of all, and also like, <laughs> I know again when this first happened, you know, people got their jokes off about Atlanta don't deserve nice things, and how can y'all allow this in the black ass city? Which you know, jokes gonna fly. I can't stop that. I don't really, it don't really bother me that much. It's fine. It's cool. But I knew this wasn't a nigga. Now he is, like I say, from the video, he looked like a white man. From this mugshot, he looked some kind of brown. But I knew it wasn't a nigga. I knew. It wasn't no nigga. Because the beehive is crazy. Well, hashtag not all. But <laughs> they crazy. But they ain't that damn crazy. And even the, even the motherfuckers that can't stand Jay-Z guts, they ain't crazy enough to jump on stage in black-ass Atlanta like that. Like all willy-nitty. So I knew this even had to be a white man or some kind of brown. I'm just thankful it wasn't a nigga. Exactly. So this ain't this is not the black delegation of Atlanta. This is somebody in fucking social circle or some shit. Exactly. So, but we wanted to end on that note because I know this episode has been kind of heavy, and we're gonna get up out of here. Rashani, my man, thank you so much. This has been an honor to have you on. It ain't um, no honor. It'll just fun as fuck. Thank you for having me. Always. It um, ain't never no honor though, man. You fam. You don't tell your brother it's it's an honor to have you stop by for some food. Nigga, you, you, you came by and you ate. Pots and pans, 100 grand, you my man. And and this was, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and kick it with you. But it ain't no honor. It ain't nothing like that. You fam, I'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah, yeah. Maybe sooner than that, we don't know, but yeah. Right, yeah. right? like, mm-mm. yeah. Much love. Uh, but one real quick again, tell people where they can find you. Find all the excellent things that you're doing. The floor is yours. Uh, so single simulcast and all the other shows are available on uh, iTunes. Uh, they're available on Lips and for the most part, uh, but mostly iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Single Simulcast.com is still the movement. Um, just look for us. You know, just type us into Google. Uh, the one good thing about having a show called Single Simulcast is I'm the only nigga with a show called Single Simulcast. You might run into people with like names that are associated with shows like over and over again, but Single Simulcast is literally the only show that's named that. So type it in. It'll pop up. I'm right there. It may not be a picture because iTunes is still fucking with a nigga, but as long as you fuck with a nigga, it's all gravity. Yep. And make sure you ch- make sure you support my brother. If you if you fuck with us. Fuck with, fuck with my brother. And Shantae. Hey, Shantae. Hey, girl. But this has been Crown and Collars. Uh, this episode 178, I think. Ooh, child. We're getting up there. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Close to soon will be 200 episodes. God damn. But, uh, but yeah, we out. We love y'all. Be a greater hoe, not a hater hoe. Be, be not good to people. Don't be nice, be good. Don't be a shithead. And yeah, we out.
looking for anything.